Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. GVC is a non-denominational church in Flint, Michigan, and our mission is simple. To love God, love people, and love life. I know that you will be blessed by the message and the words that God has for you today. Now, here's Pastor Tony. Thank you so much for those words. I apologize to all you. I told him two to five minutes. Didn't know he was going to run my batteries out of my own pack. <laughs> Just mess with. That was good. Good stuff. And uh, uh, we'll start a regiment of uh, regular mentoring fees. That's uh, that's coming up. Well, uh, <laughs> amen. So the whole point of that was for you to hear from somebody that has fresh eyes into the church that you have a for maybe a, a long time. And so you, you see somebody that has the ability to recognize the transformation that has taken place. And how many of you know that a transformation doesn't have to set the standard and then therefore you just get stuck there? You realize that your life can be transformed, but the Bible says that we go from glory to glory. So that means that we can continually continue to grow in our relationship with God, grow in our relationship with one another, and it can get better and better and better, but you got to stay plugged in. you got to stay connected. you got to get a part of the process and give your supply. Amen? Because God wants us to go to the next level. Amen? So, as I said, this is a new series that we're starting this week, and it's called It's Time. It's time for GVC to become and be the church that God has called us to be. But this morning, I'm going to talk to you about the heart for the house. Because you realize that when it comes to this church, we work together, we give together. But I also believe that not only are we just going to continue to give a supply, but we're going to purpose to receive. Because the Bible says, if we give, then you shall receive to the measure that you sow. And so I believe that this is our best year. It is our most blessed year. And if you've been here, you recall that the Lord has given us a word for this year. And I don't know if it's resonated with your heart, but it's something that I am hanging on to and have to be intentional to hang on to. And the Lord said to me that this year is the year that your joy shall be made full now again I don't know if that resonates with you but I've done ministry for a number of years and therefore there's times where you can just get tired and you just get to the place of saying God I just I don't know if I can do it anymore but God said this is the year that your joy shall be made full and therefore it's not going to be based upon programs based upon success of this or that it's going to be based on the relationship that we have with God and with each other And so listen, if you're a part of this church family, then that word belongs to you. It is the year that your joy shall be made full. And you might be saying, well, these first couple months is nothing but heartache and tragedy and disaster. I don't know how my year is going to come to be into a place of my joy being full. You just hang around. You just purpose to let God be God. And you'll see by the end of this year, if you'll hold on to that, grab hold of it, declare it for yourself, position yourself for it, you'll find that this year your joy will be made full. Amen? Now, when you say that, don't be thinking, well, okay, if this Uh, person straightens up if this money comes in or this or that and you're looking to natural things how many of you know natural things does not produce joy it might make you happy for five minutes but it will not produce lasting joy because the bible says the joy of the lord is the fruit of the spirit so it only can come from god 
The only way that you can have your joy being full is if you'll purpose to press into him and allow him to do the work that he said he was going to do. And so we're going to learn how it is to have a heart for the house. When we come together, your joy can only be full when you come and do life together as the body of Christ. Can you say amen? So don't underestimate your part in this church. You might say, well, you know, I don't really do a whole lot of anything. I just come from time to time. I just check in, check out, whatever it might be. Listen, don't underestimate your part in this church. Maybe you serve, maybe you don't. Maybe you're still trying to figure out this place is home. Listen, I want you to know something, that people are watching your life. People are watching you. When you talk about church, when you put something on Facebook, when you say you're a part of GVC, listen, they're looking at your life. And here's what God wants to do. God wants to fill your life so that you can fill other people. Come on, nobody wants to hang around those people that are full of negativity as you heard. Now, negativity breeds negativity, and therefore misery enjoys company. So therefore, if you like living in just the mully grubs, then it's a whole lot easier to have those mully grubs around you because, again, it makes you feel good by where you're at, and maybe they're worse off than you. But if you'll purpose to say, you know what, this year is going to be a changing year. My joy is going to be full. You're going to have to be intentional to get around those people that have lives that are full. And if you need to, you need to start pulling on them and say, listen, I need what you got. Help me become what I want to be. Because I want my joy to be full in what I'm seeing in you. And as I'm observing you and watching you, I need what you have. Amen? And so God wants your life to be full. And it comes through having a heart for the house. I'm talking about having a heart for the local church. Don't think that the local church is something that is just optional in your life. The Bible says, Jesus said this. He says, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves, even as you see the day of the Lord approaching. How many of you know Jesus is coming a whole lot sooner than he was yesterday? And looking at the signs of the time and our policies and politics and just all the things that are going, uh, 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 going on in our life concerning just the immorality of people and the culture of this life. Listen, Jesus is at the door. He's coming very soon. And he said, in this time, when you see these seasons, when you see these signs, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves. Meaning, don't forsake the local church. And see, with this technical age that we live in it's real easy to say you know what i don't live over in texas but you know what i can go online and i can attend church with some of those mega superstar pastors over there in texas how many of you know that if you just go online and say well i'm going to listen to a good message doesn't make you a part of a local church it doesn't connect you to a family it doesn't give you support when you need support it isn't a lifeline to you when you need it at your most God says and God desires for you to be connected to a local church because it is a life source to you. Amen? Having a heart for the church. And to have a heart for the church is to understand the power of partnership. You see, God has put us here together to do life together and to be in partnership with one another to fulfill the mandate and the call of God on this place. And if you're a part of this church, that means that God has a call on your life. It means that God has called you to change the landscape. And listen, I'm going to be real honest with you. It's it just over time. 
It's real easy to get complacent, just start going through the motions, get bogged down with life to where you're not doing anything productive, just spinning your wheels and just maybe showing up on a Sunday. But that is not what God's called us to do. He's called us to change the landscape. And it only happens through partnership together. And so I want you to understand the significance of partnership, of us doing life together. Number one, the significance of partnership is that there is purpose. Or partnership is purposeful. Amen? Over in 1 Kings, the Bible tells us of a man of God by the name of Elijah. And the Bible tells us that God says, I want you to go to a city. And as you get to that city, he says, I'm going to begin to prepare a person, a woman, that is going to supply your needs. I am preparing her on purpose. She has a purpose for being there. And when you get there, she's going to meet your needs. And so he gets to the city. And the day that he gets there, he meets this woman. And there's this great drought that is going on within the land at the time. And as he meets her, he asks her a question. He says, what's going on and what are you doing with your life? And she says this. She says, all I have is enough flour to make a cake for me and my son. And once I make it, we're going to eat it and then we're just going to wait to die. So there was no hope in her life. There was no dream no sparkle left in her eye all she could see is that the end is near and so the best we're going to do is eat this cake together and it's not much it's not going to sustain us for very long and then we're just simply going to die but you see God said there is a woman that has purpose and I sent her there and I sent you there to her because she's going to partner with you and so the man of God which represents God speaking to her. He says to her, he says, listen, make me a cake first before you make a cake for yourself. Can you imagine the audacity? I mean, if a pastor stood up in the church today and said, you know, give me something first before you have something to eat. I mean, the church would shut down. They would be offended. We would be on the 6 o'clock news. Can you believe this pastor asked me to give him something to eat when I'm, I'm getting ready to die, right? But he says to her, he says, make me something to eat first. And there was a miracle that happened. She didn't bucket. She didn't argue it. She didn't reason it out. She just went and made a cake for him first. Why? Because God ordained a partnership. And in the partnership, something supernatural happened. She followed her heart and yielded herself to faith and said, okay, because you said it, I'm going to trust God. And the Bible says that when she made that cake and fed him first, that all through the drought, none of her flour ever ran out. She had everything that she needed from that day forward. Why? Because she partnered with God. God arranged there to be a partnership, and through that partnership, there was a purpose, not only for the man of God, but for her life. And because she recognized the power of partnership, God answered her prayers. Amen? There's another man. 
by the name of Elijah. If you think of the story of Elijah, the Bible tells us over in 2 Kings. Well, in fact, I'll get there in just a moment because that's my next point. Let me go back to the fact of partnership is purposeful. How many of you know that God has a plan to show up at the right time? But he wants you to be able to prepare the way. He's looking to partner with you. And upon partnering with you, it's preparing the way for his partnership with your life. Amen? You all, excuse me, you all showed up this morning. And there were people that came here early. The worship team came in real early and went through their rehearsals, getting things ready. Then in a short time later, other people trickled in. Hospitality, the, the, the kids' workers, the, 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 the cafe people. They started trickling in. And what are they doing? They're coming in, giving their supply. They're coming together because of the purpose of what God's called this place to be. And as a result of coming together in partnership, you had the opportunity to have an experience with God. You had the opportunity to have a a contact with Him. But how many of you know it's not just a Sunday morning meeting? It's not just a Sunday morning appointment to come together and partner with God and to have purpose in life just for one day out of the week. No, God wants you to know that wherever you go, there is purpose. And lives are at stake. And lives need to be touched. And lives need to be changed. A result of you saying, God, what is my purpose? For where I'm at. Because God, I want to partner with you. Amen? So number one, partnership is purposeful. Number two, partnership is powerful. Your purpose will connect you to the power of God. And, <clears throat> excuse me, and that's where I was going before. In 2 Kings chapter... Uh, sec, uh, 2 Kings, Elijah, it was saying that he was instructed to go meet a woman. And when he went to meet this woman, the Bible says that she did not have a child. But God said that he wanted her to partner with this man of God once again. And so the Bible tells us that she spoke to her husband and they desired to build a room off the side of their house. And so they met with the man of God and they said to to him, they said, now listen, any time that you come through town, any time that you're in this area, we have prepared a place. We have built a room onto our house that is for you. So therefore, when you're coming in here, we want to make sure that you have the ability to have some place to stay because we're partnering with the plan of God for your life. But then the Bible says that this woman was unable to have a child, but she so desired to have a son. And because of the partnership that she had with him and with God. The Bible says that he went and said to her, says, you've desired to have a son. And he says, the next time I come back through, she says, or he says to her, he says, you will have a child. You're going to have a son. And obviously she got excited about that. The next time he came, sure enough, she had her little boy. Why? Because partnership connected her to the power of God. How many of you know the power of God produces miracles in somebody's life? How many of you need a miracle in your life? How many of you need God to do something in your life and you've been waiting and saying, God, when are you going to do it? And God's saying, listen, I need you to partner with me because there's intent, there's purpose. But when you purpose to have your place in line, the power of God can begin to minister to your life. Amen? But then you know the story. The Bible says that just a few years later, the boy got sick and he died. And this woman sought to find the man of God. 
She found him, and he saw her coming from a distance. Man, she's on a mission. Something's going on. He says to her, what's going on? She says, the boy that you told me God was going to give me, he's died. She goes, why in the world have you done this to me just to give me a son to have my hopes and my dreams made to be, have them dashed by the losing of my son? You better do something. Now, she wasn't being arrogant. She wasn't being rude. She just knew that she had a partnership with God, and God had said, so if God said, then it's got to be settled. You need to do something, man of God, because we've got a partnership here. And so the Bible says that the man of God went back to her house, went up into the loft where the boy was, and he says to God, God, we got partnership with her. And so the Bible says that he laid on the boy face to face, hand to hand, and cried out to God. And when he cried out to God, the Bible says that breath came back into the boy, warmth came back into his body, and he came back to life. Come on, there was a miracle when there was partnership that somebody engaged with. The power of God was able to resurrect something that was from the dead. Come on, listen, there's times where you look at church and you're thinking, Dear God, what's happening to the church of America today? Listen, it might look like it's dying. It might look like all hell's breaking loose against it. But I'm telling you, when you partner with God, the power of God has the ability to resurrect what once looked dead to become the church and the people and the place that God can do miracles. Amen. Why? Because there is power in partnership. God wants us to know that we have our place and we have a part to play. Not only does partnership have purpose, not only does partnership produce power, but partnership is productive. Partnership is productive. Now listen, I mentioned to you the prophet of God of Elijah and Elijah. And one of the things that was extremely significant about the man of God to produce power, to produce productivity, is the power of their voice. God anointed their voice to speak. And I'm going to be just real transparent with you. Just, you know, you're always searching your heart. And I said to the Lord just recently at the beginning of this year where I talked about where he said, your joy shall be made full. I asked the Lord this question. I said, God, I said, if GVC never existed, would this area know any different? I said, if we never existed, what would be the point? And God said to me, he said, if you weren't here, your voice would not be here. And that said something to me that there are a lot of churches in this region, good churches. But there is a church within this region that has a mandate on it to change the landscape. And I am no longer wanting or willing to apologize what God has called us to do. There's so many times where you back off and feel intimidated by the scenery that's around you. You look at the, the, the scenarios to dictate what you'll boldly step out and trust God and believe God for. But one of the things that I know that God has called this church to be is a church that will change the landscape. And one of the things that I know that God has called me to be as a pastor is to be a man of God in this community where my voice has the ability to speak into the landscape and change it. And you say, well, what makes you so special? Nothing special about me. I'm just partnering with God. But when we partner together, how many of you know that our voice becomes God's voice? And it's not just my voice, but it's your voice partnering together to say, God, this is what you've called us to be. 
and we expected to see it rather than sitting back and say, well, I guess things did look rough around. I just don't know if it's going to ever be. No, listen, this is our time. This is our time. It's our most best year and it's our most blessed year. It's the year that our joy shall be made full. Can you say amen? amen? When it comes to partnership, partnership is also protective. It's protective. As I've already shared with you, the Bible says, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves even as you see the day of the Lord approaching. What does that mean? That there is strength and protection by being assembled in the house. Come on, there is no protection just sitting at home watching a good message on the internet. But when you're doing life together with people, there is protection. How many of you know that people in the church oftentimes will call me and say, Pastor, I need you to pray. Now, never once has anybody ever called me and says, Pastor, things are going splendidly. Everything is awesome. It is the best that I've ever experienced. Will you pray for me? Never. You know when people are calling to ask for prayer? When all hell's breaking loose. Why? Because they know that in partnership, there's power. In partnership, there is protectiveness. There is help, hope, and healing when you come into the body of Christ. Amen? This was a few years back. There was a, a couple that was a part of the church. And one of the things that they got with me, they were professional people. And they said to me, hey, pastor, you know, we would like to do something within the church. And we would like to be a blessing and offer our services to the church if you would be open to it. And we'd like to kind of start a ministry within the church. And I said, well, I said, I'll give it some thought. And so I just purposed to observe them for a few months, like three or four months. And then they got back with me and says, hey, can we get together and talk? And I said, sure. And so as we began to talk, I could tell that they were a little bit frustrated and a little bit disgruntled because they're saying, you know, we got with you a few months ago and says we'd be willing to do this within the church. We're professional people. This is what we do for a living. And we would like to do this and offer this to those that are struggling in, in, in some particular areas. And I said to him, I said, well, I said, you know, and, and I don't know if I would word this differently now, just in, in hindsight, I don't know. But I'm sharing this with you because in partnership, there is protection. As a pastor, my heart is to protect the people of the church. And so as we're talking, I said to him, I said, well, you know what you offered or what you said you would like to do? I said, that's something that I would really love to have a part of the church. But one of the things that I noticed, now you got to hear this right. Please don't let this rub you wrong, depending on how you find yourself being a part of the local church. But I said to him, I said, one of the things that you're suggesting is something that is needed for the sake of people knowing who you are. And you come to church maybe once, at best, twice a month. And I said, so you want to provide a service for the sake of helping people, but people don't know who you are. So they don't know that you have their heart. They don't know that you're going to invest in them, and so there's not going to be any buy-in. And I said, and furthermore... I, I would not ask you to do what you're asking to do without you having more of a commitment to this local church. Well, how many of you know that went over like a lead brick? And after that dinner, it was the last time that I ever saw him again. And I still see him on Facebook. They're still struggling, still trying to find a church. Hey, does anybody know where a good church is? I'm thinking, yeah, GVC. You just didn't like it. 
Well, what's my point? My point is this, is that in partnership, there is protection. Everybody say protection. Amen. God's wanting us to come together and give our supply. And lastly, when it comes to partnership, partnership is productive. Now, when I say when I, the, the last point, I'm not done yet, so stick with me. Don't shut down. Don't close up your books and think, okay, we're ready. No, there's some more things I want to share with you. But in the partnership package, it's powerful, it's purposeful, it's protective, and it's productive. Look at what Jesus said in Luke chapter 5, starting in verse 1. It says, One day, as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, a great crowd pressed on him to listen to the word of God. He noticed two empty boats on the water's edge, for the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, he said, push out into the water. So he sat into the boat and taught the crowd from there. Here's something that I want you to see there. Number one, Simon Peter was willing to partner with Jesus. But one of the things you'll find people saying, well, I don't have a platform to preach. Well, pastor, you want me to do something? Well, give me your pulpit, pastor. I'll get up there and I'll just, whoo, praise the Lord. Listen, how many of you know Jesus did not need a pulpit? All he had was a boat to sit in and his boat became his pulpit. So what's my point? When you partner with God, God will use whatever you have as your platform to share the love of God. It might be working at General Motors. It might be working at McDonald's. It might be in a grandparent to your grandkids. I'm telling you, if you'll purpose to partner with God, it will be productive. And God will give you a platform and a podium to preach from. It just might not look like what you think it looks like. Amen? The story goes on to say this in Luke chapter 5, starting in verse 4. It says, when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Now go out where it is deep or where it's deeper, and let down your nets to catch some fish. He says, Master, we have worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I'll let the nets down again. And this time their nets were so full of fish, they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners. Everybody say partners. partners. A shout from, for help brought their partners into the other boats, and soon both boats were filled with fish, and they were on the verge of sinking who praise the lord listen when you come into partnership with god it's not about being selfish it's not about us four and no more it's not about well look at what god's done for me no when you know what god's done for you you want to begin to be partners with others and say listen what god's done for me he'll do for you you see the blessing of my life he's the same god in your life let me help you become productive in your life because it's not just for one god wants us to experience together this life of blessing and it's all about having a heart for the house. Come on, look around. Look at somebody next to you. This is the people that God's called you to be in partnership with. God's called you to be in partnership. And listen, the Bible says this over in Matthew chapter 16. He says that God builds the house and hell will not prevail against it. Why do you think that a church like ours faces different struggles because there's a mandate on this church that we're intentional about to change people's lives and come in contact with the saving knowledge of Jesus but also living a victorious life 
Listen, how many of you know that if Jesus, or excuse me, if Satan can't get you to hell, he'll let you be, become a Christian but live hell on this earth, and he's just okay with that as well. But you don't have to live hell on earth. You can live the life that God's called you to live. Amen? Romans chapter 12, verse 4 says this. Just as our bodies have many parts, and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other. Praise God. All of us are part of the body. We're all different. Some older, some younger. Some have different gifts and talents. You're a part of the body individually, but we all make it up together. We need each other. Amen? Amen. Now, just to share the example, anybody like puzzles? Like putting the puzzles together? Got one in the back there? Got one over here? Praise the Lord. So, I went and I went shopping for a puzzle. This is one of those 750 pieces, you know. Uh, I didn't want to get too crazy. <laughs> I think the most I've ever done is maybe 100 pieces. Woo, praise the Lord. <laughs> Did that with my kids, you know, putting the Spider-Man puzzle together. I don't know. You know, it, when, when they're... When there are less pieces, the pieces are bigger. You know, you can see more of the picture on each little piece, you know. But anyways, there's this puzzle, and it was a, a, a puzzle of a train. I don't know if you can see that. In fact, let me, let me open it up here. There's a picture that they give you so you can, you can see what it's supposed to look like. But I thought this was significant, a picture of a train, because a, a, a train can represent the body of Christ. It can represent the church. Because see, the train connects people together. It transports people from one place to another, connecting them from one place to the next. It's a track that goes through the terrain of the landscape. It bridges gaps. It goes over gullies and valleys. It connects precious cargo to where it needs to go. And that's what the body of Christ is. But we've got to be able to see the picture and see what God's called us to be. And so, I got this box. And what I want us to do is, I want us to pass this around, if you will. Cody and Matt, can you help me out here? I'm going to divide this up. And just, if you can, just take two sides of the room and just see that everybody gets a piece of the puzzle. And as you're getting a piece of the puzzle, once again, I want you to, to think about it in the context of we're all part of one body. And we all have a significant role to play. You have a piece of the puzzle. Now, I don't know if you've ever put puzzles together. As I said, I... My son used to really like putting puzzles together. And the, the thing about him is that he would put them together and then he would put them back in their box or whatever it might be and then he would start playing with them. And then the next time we would get together, we'd start to put the pieces of the puzzle back together and we would get everything put back together except one piece being missing. Right? I mean, you've got the gist of the whole puzzle. You can see the picture. You understand the, the whole scenario of the scenery. But as you're 
putting it together, and there's that one piece that's gone. It's not complete, is it? And even though you're looking at it and you're saying it's almost there, with that one piece being gone, you're like, it just isn't finished. And see, that's what the enemy tries to do, is try to get the body of Christ in division and schism so that we don't take our place and therefore we're not complete. How many of you know God needs you? Thank you, sir. God needs your supply. You are a piece of the puzzle, and without you, it's not complete. Amen? And I realize you might say, you know what? There's some people in my church, I just don't like them. Listen, if you don't like them, then they just might be on the other side of the picture of the puzzle. You might necessarily not have to be interlocked with them. We just believe God they're on the other corner. But nevertheless, they're still part of the picture. Can you say amen? Now listen, I handed these out to you this morning. But you weren't the first ones that I gave these pieces to. Because this morning when we had our morning rally of those that were serving before church, I gave them a piece of the puzzle as well before we even got here. And I said, listen, you're a piece and you are significant. Now, you might have been told that you're a piece by somebody else in your life. But I'm not telling you that you're that kind of piece. You understand what I'm saying? No, you're valuable. You're significant to God. And not only that, not only did I give those that were serving this morning, I gave pieces of the puzzle to the kids' ministry so that those little kids can get a piece. Because you realize, even though they're young, they're still significant and they're a part of this body. Amen? And we can't do it without you. Now here, here we've passed out the pieces but we still have so much in the box. You see, God isn't happy with just you being here. There's others that need to be a part. There's people that you have relationships with that interlock with you because of the relationship that God has assigned you in their life. Listen, some of you might live in Swartz Creek. There's pieces in Swartz Creek. You might live in Flushing. There's pieces in Flushing. You might be from the Flint area. There's pieces in Flint. Clio, Mount Morris, Grand Blank. There's pieces. And they're waiting. They're waiting for you. Because you have a significant piece of the puzzle that interlocks with them. They might be working with you. They might be your family. They might be your children. And God has given you a mandate to change the landscape. Because it's time. I said it's time for us to be the church that God's called us to be. Look at what it says here as we close in Psalms chapter 2, verse 7. It says, I will reveal the eternal purpose of God. For he decreed over me, you are my favored son. And as for 
your father, I have crowned you as my king eternal. Today I became your father. Now ask me to give you the nations or the heathens, and I will do it. And they shall become your legacy. Your domain will stretch to the ends of the earth. There are people that need to hear your voice. And God's just asking for you to ask for them. And if you'll ask for them, maybe it's your son, maybe it's your daughter, maybe it's your spouse, maybe it's extended family, maybe it's the people at the workplace, maybe it's the people that you intersect with on a regular basis. God says, ask me for them and I will give them to you as your legacy. I will partner with you. You see, you got to have a heart for the house. And if you have a heart for the house, things can begin to change. Amen. Has this helped anybody this morning? I hope it's challenged you because in these next few weeks we're going somewhere. I'm believing that God's going to raise the standard and he's going to challenge us to be the church that he's called us to be. Amen. Can you stand? I know that I went a little bit long, so we're just going to abbreviate the end of the service. But with every head bowed and every eye closed... First of all, I want to pray for you. If you're here in this place and you said, I've never had the opportunity to be a part of God's team. I've never asked Jesus into my heart. I, I, I don't know where I would spend my eternity today if I was to die upon leaving this place. Listen, I want you to hear my voice. And through my voice, I want you to hear God giving you an invitation. Because he loves you. And the Bible says that he sent Jesus to die for your sins. And it doesn't matter what your past looks like. It doesn't matter how far that you feel like you've traveled away from God. No, at the mention of his name, he is as close to you as he ever will be. And so I want to give you that opportunity this morning to make him the Lord of your life. To become part of the team and become in partnership with him. Maybe you're here this morning and... You know that God's been talking to you. You've been saying, God, I know that i got to get serious with you. But it seems like life pulls me here and pulls me there. Listen, God wants to partner with you. All he needs is your cooperation. And upon doing so, he will allow the power of God to swoop down and begin to transform some things in your life. And to give you the grace, the strength, and the mercy to do what you need to do to partner with him. If that's you on either of those things, you want to make Jesus the Lord of your life. You want to just commit your life to him and say, God, I mean business this time. This is the day on March 8th. I mean business, and I am going to partner with you. When I count to three, I want you to just lift your hand. Nobody's looking around. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you up front. But upon raising your hand, I just want to acknowledge you, and then I'm going to pray for you at the end of the this service. If you want to make Jesus the Lord of your life, you've never done that before, you've never been part of the team, or you're saying, today I want to commit my partnership with God and fulfill the plan of God for my life, my purpose. On the count of three, raise your hand. One, two, three, raise your hand. Praise God. One, two, three, four, five, six. Amen. You can put them down once you put them up. Six hands. Anybody else? You say, I know that God's talking to me. 
You might even say, I don't know what he's talking to me about. I just know that God's stirring my heart. And pastor, I want you to pray for me. Anybody in this place, you just say, I want want you to pray for me. All right. Maybe you could have, should have raised your hand. But as I pray, you just pray this prayer with me and mean it from your heart. And God will still honor your prayer. In fact, for that matter, everybody in this place, let's pray it together. Dear Heavenly Father, I ask you right now to forgive me of my sins. I believe in Jesus, that he went to the cross, died for my sins, and rose from the third day. And I ask you right now to be my Lord, to be my Savior, in Jesus' name. Now, I also ask you to partner with me in the affairs of my life. To bring me success. To bring me victory. To help me overcome. And to fulfill my purpose. This life. Right now. From this day forward. In Jesus name. And everyone say. Amen. subscribe to this podcast and take a look at all of our social media sites which can be found at our website gvchurch.tv we know that today's message has been a blessing to you thanks for listening we are genesee valley church loving god loving people and loving life